Oh, welcome once again to Hollywood Declassified. I'm John William Law, your host. We are talking about James Bond, um, this series, and uh, we're going to look a little bit back at uh, Ian Fleming. Um, it is interesting that the, the first James Bond film was Dr. No, and um, Dr. No was based on a book by Ian Fleming, and Ian Fleming had written a whole series of James Bond books. He was actually in the throes of them, actually, sort of. He had, he had kind of achieved a, a large amount of fame by this point, um, and it was sort of inevitable that Bond would make its way to the film, to the world of film. Uh, the first Bond, uh, interestingly enough, was, um, again, had uh, about a, only a million dollar budget. And uh, when the production cost overran, uh, United Artists uh, uh, considered pulling the film or pulling the production. They actually, it was over by about $100,000. Um, so they, they were fearful that the film would never recoup its costs. They really didn't know what the future of the Bond um, franchise would be or that there would even be a franchise. They were just really focused on the first film. It's hard to look back and imagine that today. Um, but uh, that was the case. Um, when writer Ian Fleming released his novel Diamonds Are Forever in 1956, it was the fourth in a series of 14 James Bond titles. The final two books would be published after his death in 1964. There are many historians who have evaluated the series of books over the decades. The first five titles arguably got the best reviews, while several of the later books suffered more at the hands of the critics. Diamonds Are Forever in many ways represents the best of what Fleming had to offer, in part because the novel showed the breadth of Fleming's reach after having successfully published three other novels on the adventures of James Bond. By the time the fourth book was published, the franchise was well established and the eye toward films was beginning to br grow brighter. In fact, the book three, which was Moonraker, was reportedly written with the film in mind and Fleming suspected it was only a matter of time before the movie producers took him on. He was born Ian Lancaster Fleming on May 28, 1908 in London. His mother was the daughter of a solicitor and was known as a great beauty while his father served as a member of the parliament and served in the British Navy during World War I. From a high standing and wealthy family, Ian attended the best educational institutions and by preparatory school, he was already beginning his life as a writer when he served as an editor of the school magazine. He entered military school but left convinced he was not military material. His parents expected him to have a future as a foreign diplomat, and he attended a private school in Austria where he studied under a former British spy whose wife was a novelist. Apparently, this had made an impact. After a stint as a banker and a stockbroker, he was recruited into the Navy where he became a liaison officer to the Admiral, involved in making many strategic plans for the Allied forces to win the Second World War. He saw the world of espionage firsthand. He was even in charge of an intelligence network in Spain where he formed a commando for intelligence gathering in the event the Germans headed there. After the war, he worked for a newspaper and in time he began to think about something more. Around 1950, he reportedly told friends he wanted to write a novel about spying. Using experiences from the war, he completed his first novel, Casino Royale, in two months. His main character was James Bond, a secret agent whose codename was 007. The name was that of an expert on birds and an author of a book about birds. Fleming saw the book and thought the name would be perfect for a British spy. Between 1953 and 1966, 
14 books on 007 were published under Fleming's name, the last two after his death. He wrote every one of them at his Jamaica retreat, Goldeneye. Fleming had a routine to his work. During the eight weeks between winter and spring, Fleming would would work from 9.30 a.m. until 12.30 in the afternoon, writing roughly 2,000 words a day. If you interrupt the writing of fast narrative with too much introspection and self-criticism, you will be lucky to write 500 words a day, he said. He would return to England, edit and proof his manuscript, and have it in the hands of his publishers in time for it to be published a year later. Immediately, he knew the stories and characters were suited for film. It was only a matter of time, and the time would come. James Bond officially landed on the big screen in 1962 with Dr. No. Fleming signed on with Eon Productions United Artists for the film and a series him earning a whopping $100,000 per film and 5% of each of the film's profits. The James Bond franchise is now known around the globe and has been part of our film and pop culture psyche for generations. Based on a fictional secret agent from the UK's MI6 agency, nearly everyone knows who James Bond did as, is as well as his codename of 007, the man with a license to kill. Since the first film, Dr. No, in 1962, the franchise has become the longest and largest continually running movie film franchise in film history. In that time, Eon Productions produced 24 films with a combined gross of more than $11 billion in box office sales to date. In addition, branded merchandise from DVDs, books, music, toys, and more, totaling an estimated $5 billion, the value of the James Bond franchise is in excess of $16 billion, according to a study in 2015. The films themselves represent the fourth highest grossing film series of all. Some argue that the Bond franchise itself has since become the most valuable franchise in film history, and considering the number of films, longevity, scalability of actors, worldwide box office ticket sales, DVDs, books, and other merchandising, and the general strength of the commodity we know as James Bond. The film series is expected to continue to thrive and live on. What people don't know, or a lot of people don't know, is that Dr. No was not the original planned film for the first installment of James Bond. And again, it wasn't even the first book. Um, Again, Casino Royale was Ian Fleming's first book, and it was likely to be the original film. Uh, But uh, Casino Royale did have a a life of its own, and it would appear in film a number of times, in fact. And the first um, introduction of it, we'll talk a little bit about it in 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 the next podcast series or the next episode. Um, is that Casino Royale was actually first a TV series or a TV show. Um, they had done a, uh, I think it was CBS, and we'll talk about it, like I said, in the next episode. Um, but there was a um, an attempt uh, to bring James Bond to the screen. Um, they in, actually ended up bringing it to the small screen. So Casino Royale would have a different actor, uh, different directors, different kind of, you know, kind of 
approach um, and a television version that would be much more lower end. It was focused on you know, kind of the casino uh, life. It was not a high action series or TV show, obviously, because it was television and it was in the 1950s. So it wouldn't have had the um, the production quality that they would uh, you would certainly get today in television or you would have gotten fit on film back in back then. So. Um, for one, for those reasons, mainly because the production rights had already been used and sold, uh, they opted to look to other James Bond books to kind of find the first film. Uh, and uh, again, there was a, a number of different films. All the different books that were available at the time were certainly considered. Um, but uh, obviously, the Doctor No would ultimately end up being the first film. And we'll talk a little bit about that in, in the future episodes as well. Mm-hmm. 